Yeah, we agree with that from our hearts that worthy is the Lamb. Thank you so much to Adani and Noel. This is the first time that Noel has been here since Leon was born, that Leon is not here too. Our precious buddy's feeling under the weather, um, but his brave mom was able to release him into the care of her parents. She said, this is the servant's heart they have. We didn't want to miss when we were leading music. So that is a blessing. Karis, do we have announcements? Come on down. All right. So, um, first of all, it's good to see you all here tonight. Um, I do have a cold. It's It sounds worse than it is, just so you know. Um, coming up, we've been talking about the spring retreat, and we've settled on what we think it's going to cost in total. And so I just wanted to let you all know that you can start signing up. We're thinking it's going to be that dwelling will cover a good portion of the cost, and then that we'll ask 150 per room. So, for example, if you're a family of four and you're all sleeping in one room, it'll be 150 for the family of four. If you are a person who does not have um, a spouse or kids and you want to share a room with somebody else, then it would be 75 per person. Does that make sense? If you are somebody who just doesn't really want people around in general and you want two rooms to yourself, then it would be 300 for you. <laughs> So it's 150 per room. So it'd be for two nights and um, we're and then it'll also be for whatever meals, although we'll also all bring a bunch of stuff together. Like I think we've done a Mexican meal before. Like we everybody brought stuff for Mexican food and we made like bowls with, with rice and meat and all of the things on it. And that's a really good thing because we have quite a few people with food sensitivities. So that would be nice because they can pick and choose what they want to put on there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you need to know right now, but could just go ahead and text me that you're for sure coming and then I can mark you down and I can start putting rooms together for people. Um, we are going to have some people do childcare. We're not exactly sure who yet, but that's exciting because we haven't had that before. I think we already told you all that the Kohlbergs are going to be leading the sessions, John and Andrea, and they're bringing their two kids along. So it's not too far of a drive for them, but, um, It'll, it'll be much closer for them than it was for the falls. Um, any questions about the retreat that you all feel like you need to know now? It's still a couple months out. It's April 12th to 14th for anybody who's forgotten. No? Okay. Um, I think you all saw uh, Trenton's text to the dwelling thread that they are coming back. So that is really big news. We'll kind of wait to hear the details of that, but they um, plan to be here next week already. Um, if you didn't get that text and you thought that you were on the thread, let me know and I'll add you. Um, but I think that's it. Oh, and we're still praying for Julian. He's kind of been up and down as of late. Yeah. You want me to explain what you're doing? Okay. Travis would like me to explain what he's doing at school. Um, on f So 
at, at most of you know, Trav's a teacher at West High. And at school, they've been given, the teachers have been kind of assigned a 20-minute slot once a week to do teach whatever they wanted. Crocheting, I don't know. What, what other things do they teach? Do you know? Okay, math class help, whatever. They can just choose. So Travis chose to call his uh, passion and purpose. And really, essentially, it's ended up being like a teaching preaching session, yeah? Um, And originally, they're just like, you know, 25 people signed up, and then the amount has grown, and the kids, so it's totally voluntary, so Travis is allowed to really talk about whatever he wants to, because the kids say that they want to be there. Um, They're like over 150 on a regular basis now in the auditorium. Um, They moved them to the auditorium, so there's room. So that's really neat. So if we can pray for their times together, and they, so many of them want to stay after that um, they were, some of them were missing class, which is not good. And so he added an additional passion and purpose time on Wednesday um, that only, I think you cap at 50, but it filled up right away, right? So that's, I mean, it's really neat that, that God's speaking and that there are people who are hungry for truth and authenticity and to know God and to know Jesus. So that's really special. Um, We can just be praying for them. Um, He is in the public school system. And although, you know, that is, it is, he is allowed to do this and his principal is supportive. um, I'm sure there can be pushback or kickback of all different kinds. Um, So just covering him in prayer would be very much appreciated. Do you think we should have an in-person announcement? Um, and and just to fill in a couple blanks along with what Karis just said, um, there really does seem to be an increasing presence of God and increasing um, clarity of direction. And... Yesterday, I spoke, um, and I didn't tell you this, Michael, but I spoke, um, my, my message was about surfing the wave of God's spirit, and particularly the wave of God's spirit that I believe is coming um, to the earth, to this region, and to individuals. Um, And the verse I referenced was um, when Isaiah says, there's coming days when men will fear God from the the West. And the way that was on my heart is like, God is bringing his power and the fear of the Lord to those who are kind of, unfamiliar with that in the West, in the Western Hemisphere, but in the West, Jessman. Um, and, and then it says, he will come like a pent-up stream or river that the breath of the Lord drives along. And I referenced Michael's dream from 2012 about how Michael saw this massive wave of sand coming and 
crashing um, on the area here. And he said he, he saw me catching the wave and that I was so focused in that wave that I didn't even, uh, I, I could hardly even talk with Michael because I was just man on a mission. And that was the summer of 2012. And just a few weeks after that, and you know, God will do this sometimes. It's a pretty big deal. But he confirmed Michael's dream of seeing this massive wave of sand by sending 40 foot waves to America in the second largest storm ever called Hurricane Sandy. Um, and so, anyway. I wanted to tell you guys that because I told the kids that and God seemed to back up the message that there is a wave of his spirit coming and you guys get ready to surf too because we're in this together. Um, And then the other thing about Michael had a dream about me this week and we were together in the dream and he said I was teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has uh, been a, a, a jewel in my life and in others that I've prayed for, and uh, it's outlined in the scripture. I'm not going to go into a teaching right now, but unless I'm forgetting something, in my almost two decades walking with God and uh, going for it full power in the things of the Spirit, I don't think I've ever taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, which is odd to me. It, it's odd enough that it must be God because of how that is such a central part of my life. But Michael had a dream about me teaching about the baptism of the Spirit that day before and actually even that morning as I was coming out of the shower, I was like, man, I was envisioning myself teaching the kids about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was envisioning myself um, helping some of uh, the ones who I see God raising up as leaders in, in this, among the students to kind of break up into clusters and pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Dylan, who's here right now, um, Dylan Drake, he's been here now at our dwelling meeting several times. He was on my heart to... Uh, be one of the guys who who leads that um and faith who has come with him before she's one of the young ladies who I wanted I wanted to split up in guys and girls clusters um so with Michael having that dream and me speaking about another dream of Michael's and then me having those specific thoughts I think God wants to uh encounter these kids with his power as a matter of fact the second class that I started, the, the Friday one is passion purpose, which is just preaching with the passion that God has given me. But this other Wednesday class, I decided to call it power, uh, even before my thoughts about, um, you know, the power of God's spirit and Michael's dream. So just a little more information there. I, I believe God wants to, just like Jesus was empowered the Holy Spirit came upon him in bodily form he didn't just have an anointed index finger 
although that was anointed too. He said, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, but he was, he was so anointed that even his clothes, <laughs> you touched his clothes. He's like, I felt power go out of me. I believe that's what he has for us. Because he said, the things that I do, you're going to do an even greater. So he said greater. So why can't Rachel's coat heal kids at the middle school? And why can't these kids be clothed in bodily form? Why can't they be in algebra class and see the spirit of God break out? See the spirit of God break out and all the kids are actually learning algebra. <laughs> like that's how the spirit, like they have like these minds where like, because God can break out. It doesn't have to look like our charismatic, uh, you know, preconceived notions. He can break out and like cause the whole school to like score at the highest national level on their tests. And God's like, hey, I give intelligence um, and academic acumen. I think that's all I need to say. So let's pray for these kids to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pray for uh, Dylan and the others who will be leaders amongst that. All right, kids, come on down. Young seeds. We're getting to that. I'm building the tension. I will never forget Caroline Reinhardt. Reinhardt, Caroline Reinhardt, Reinhardt, Reinhardt. Got to use it while I can, you know. Um, okay, so a little bit different kids' time. This is the first time I can remember that I didn't have a specific teaching come to my mind. It usually comes to me, like 90% of the time, it comes to me during our music. Like it doesn't work if I try to plan something for you guys. Sometimes it comes a little bit before that. I didn't get anything come clear tonight. So I thought you could help me. Yes, Zion? Bottle? Wait, you were drawing a bottle and you said I said something about a bottle? And did I say something about a bottle? When? Oh, that's right. Perfect. Let's let's keep that right there. Who, who else? Did you have something, Eliza? A, a thought coming to your mind? You young men. Glad you're sitting on the throne with me. <laughs> um, so, here's my teaching, kids. I was talking about the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus in bodily form. Do you know what that means, in bodily form? Yes, Zion? It kind of means... Like, in that context, it kind of means um, coming down to make you do something, like, not um, not really. And sometimes it means to have, like, a vision, to have, um, to have 
Jesus come in a vision, and it also can mean like to go inside of someone and um and tell them something and speak through them. Come inside of them, tell them something, and speak through them. You have thoughts, and then you have thoughts. Um, what that made me think of is what Zion said. What that made me think of is what she said. Um, in bo- in bodily form, um, it what I what I, what came to mind was instead of like your real body, it's like a vision or a dream or something. So it's not just like your physical body. It's something from another realm, from a Hattie realm. <gasps> There's Hattie. So when I was talking about Jesus coming in bodily form, you guys mentioned vision. You mentioned God speaking through. You mentioned not just your physical body. Did you know the Holy Spirit is not just a force? He's not an it. He's a person. Body. So he's coming down with the body. Not a spirit. He's a human. Let's take that and theologically sharpen it. The Holy Spirit is coming and humanizing his presence. Now, it doesn't mean he becomes a human, but he makes us as humans head to toe a reflection of his spirit. Do you have something else? In one of the books I was reading, um, it was called The Tales of Max and Liz, and they went through Bible stories, and two of them were spiritual because they had died along the journeys. So um, so they came back, and they could change into different forms, and, um, and one of them um, formed into a human, but he... Like, actually, he was a spirit from heaven, but um, but he could take shape of things, and it's kind of like Jesus, like, when he comes back to be, um, he's still the Son of God and the Spirit, but he's in human form. God made the Word... Jesus is and was the word, but he made the word flesh because Jesus had skin just like you, dude. He had eyes just like you. All right, I know you guys want to joke like this, so I'll give it. He had to use the bathroom just like you guys. Just like you guys. Well, not just like you girls. It's a little bit different. But just like we get a cough, he probably had a, Mom, do you have any cough drops? Wait, they didn't have cough drops back then. Mom, do you have any honey? Honey. Do you have any honey? (laughs) All right, we won't get distracted by Pooh Bear. 
So, but you said something, Zion. You drew a vase, but it kind of looked like a bottle. Let's take the word bodily, like the Holy Spirit is a person coming in bodily form to us. But sometimes he comes in bodily form. What in the world could I mean? Well, yes. In one of the episodes of The Chosen that we watched, um, when he went to the, um, to the well, he said um, to the woman there that he was the, um, the living water. That's exactly right. Jesus said, whoever's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. So John, the guy who wrote that, said Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. So there are times when God says, and the Holy Spirit comes on us in bodily form, and we are empowered to do things we never would have been able to do. But there's also times when Jesus says, hey, come to me and drink. Drink from my spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that fullness is going to come out of you and flow like a river from your bellies. Yes. A river. A ri exactly. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no idea what the result is going to be. Yeah. You're going to be smiling even bigger than that, though, dude. I guarantee you that. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to be so full. Well, that's another message. That's dunamis, the Greek word for power. Anyway, so this is my prayer for you guys. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit, Jesus, your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you would come upon these kids in bodily form. From head to toe, you would empower them. And that they would live just like you said, Jesus, just as you lived. And they would do the things you did, but even greater. That they would fulfill John's words in 1 John when he says, walk, live as Jesus lived. You lived full of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit without measure. Let these kids, let us all live in that way. And Father, show them how to drink from the living bottle of your Holy Spirit. Amen. My thoughts exactly. How about what? Bottom? No, you're going backwards in the bathroom. I know I shouldn't have gone there. How about bodily? All right, so you guys are, how about a bottle of water that you buy from Walmart? And it's like, no, let's, let's do bodily because it's got bottle in there and it's also got body, okay? Bodily. All right, bodily water. Bodily water on three. Well, after the 72-minute uh, kids' time, with no further ado, 
you two, come down. You know who you are. You know exactly who you are. You shall present yourselves to this body. Hey. This lovely person walked into our house in 2017 as a freshman teenager, and whatever thought came to her mind flowed like living water out of her mouth. <laughs> now, will you f let it flow what this is? Oh, well, this is Garrett. <laughs> Hi, Garrett. Um, and Garrett is my fiance. <laughs> Finally convince someone to marry me. Any other information you can give us? Um we move fairly quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh we met three months ago and just I I say that I say that to say I a lot of the women in the church know and I'm sure men too that, you know, I have been single for the entire time. You guys have known me. Um I didn't match Michael's <laughs> streak but <laughs> but I was single for a very long time and you know it always you know prayed and um, asked people to come alongside me and pray and um, that the Lord would bring me you know my husband and it is just crazy because people tell you oh like you know when you know you know and or it'll just happen like when you're not thinking about it whatever it'll just happen and no sooner did I like stop thinking about it that <laughs> came into my life, and so he's just truly is a gift from the Lord. Um, there are so many things that I knew I wanted in a spouse, things that my parents had prayed for really specifically, and he is the literal embodiment of um, an answered prayer. So, yeah. So thank you, everyone, for praying and answered prayer. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, not that most of the people in the room, but um, I just want to echo, I think I've been praying for a long time uh, for Caroline uh, without knowing her, and there were four things specifically. Someone that uh, I was looking for would be a great companion that I could have fun with and love, follow after Jesus with, somebody that would respect me and that I would respect her, um, someone that is of great character and is willing to sacrifice her entire life for Jesus, that is all that I want to do, uh, and somebody that I'm very attracted to. And what I found in her um, is all of those things, but also just a woman that has a passion for children and wants to raise a family and things that I didn't even know that I would be drawn to that the Lord has shown me in her. And so, um, yeah, I'm very thankful to you all as her church community um, and the way that you've just loved her and taken her in and been family to her. Um, and can't thank you guys enough. This is awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, will you um, join with me in blessing this relationship? Lord, we receive Garrett as a gift from you. And thank you for uh, giving us grace to receive Caroline a long time ago. Um, now, Lord, we receive them as a couple. And we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And we bless them, Lord. We bless them. And thank you that Caroline was an answer to the desire of Garrett's heart in bodily form. Thank you that Garrett was an answer to the prayers of Caroline and her parents in bodily form. Now we ask that this relationship would embody Jesus Christ. And I pray for favor through all the process of planning for the wedding and uh, everything involved in those details, Lord. I pray protection over them uh, in every way. And again, we bless them and we ask you to bless them, Father. Amen. All right, let me give a team hug. Oh, that's happy. Alex, it's good to see you, man. Um, you, you, you're married? Okay. Sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit, you know. No, no, no pressure. I wasn't, that I know of being like prophetic, I, I was just, good to have you guys. <laughs> All right. It, do you, yeah, if you, if you want it, Rachel, surprise, surprise, volunteered. Well, um, I didn't have uh, someone clearly on my heart to ask to bring the message tonight. You guys know that's how I roll. I just pay attention, see who God has given a message to, um, and then sometimes he'll put something into my heart to speak, and so I'll know, oh, God has a message for me. Um, but I, I, I will give you a little commercial, uh, a trailer, a preview. We've got the Queen of Kenya in here in a couple weeks um, or sometime soon. She's going to confirm with me on the schedule. But I, I told Sue during the prayer meeting um, before this meeting, I said, you know how you just like sometimes craving a certain food or a certain meal, like, you know, a meal that your mom makes or a meal at your favorite restaurant or just a type of food like, man, I got to have some Mexican. I've been craving a Sioux meal. Um, now, she can cook some good food and uh, uh, I really enjoy her food. But my favorite is her spiritual food, the stuff that Jesus uh, feeds us with. So Sue is coming. Christ and Sue is coming. Um, so I, I thought, um, Karis and I had talked about, you know, an opportunity for people to share. Uh, and I think, uh, we'll have a few minutes for that. There was something that came to me though, uh, just surprisingly, uh, before the meeting. And I felt like it was confirmed a number of times. And so I wanted to share that with you and then invite uh, that to be a part of the sharing time. I think it is connected. Um, and I, as best as I can tell, that's the direction God wants to go this evening. Uh, again, this is not a service. Uh, I think the, the terminology is important. This is a meeting. We're not conducting our service and, and asking Jesus to bless it. That's fine. 
Um, if that's what he's put in someone's heart to do uh, or a group's heart to do, that's fine. But he's called us to meet with him. That's what this is. It's a meeting. And since he's in charge of the meeting, you never know exactly what he's going to talk about or what he wants to do at the meeting. But tonight, I felt that he wanted to um, have us cast our crowns before him. And it's interesting, um, I've worn this shirt a couple times, and I totally had no idea until, like, I was on the way here, and I'm, like, uh, hearing about this crown thing, I'm like, yeah, and I was like, oh, my, I've got a crown on me. Um, it was totally unconnected to this. And I'm still not sure exactly what that means. You know, the scripture in Revelation is, I think, the clearest part of the people of God casting their crowns or laying their crowns at the feet uh, of God Most High. Casting crowns before um, the throne. And, and particularly, there's a throne which God sits upon, the leader of the whole earth, but then he has 24 other thrones around him. And I'm not going to try to unpack all the symbolism. I don't know if I know. Uh, I know every word and every number is important to God's heart that he puts in the Bible. But I want to stay on the main point. So he has these 24 thrones, and they're not thrones of God. They're, they're thrones of people. And just like he had 12 humans following him, they had a certain throne, a, a certain realm of authority. Well, sounds like these humans have a certain realm of authority. Uh, they have a certain leadership call. Uh, they have a throne. And I think we all have thrones. We're all priests and kings to our God is another verse in, in the book of Revelation. And I believe we all have crowns. Well, Paul said one time to one of the churches, he says, you guys are my crown. You're like the jewels I show off. Um. You're what I wear around. I'm, I'm so proud of you. And um, these rulers, these leaders, maybe they're the 24 most uh, authority and leadership humans of all time. Okay? And if they are, then you better believe they're the first line foot washers because Jesus made that very clear as he was washing feet. He says, the greatest, the ones with the most authority will be the slave of all, will be the servant of all. So, but these great ones, they put their crowns down. So if the greatest, the ones who in God's eyes have the most authority, they put their crowns down, well, that includes all of us, all of our all of us little kings, all of our little thrones, and all of our little crowns are to be laid at the foot 
of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus, at the throne of God. Um, so I, I think, I think I want to do that and invite us to do that, like, and even symbolically and, um, not right this moment, but, um, later after some people share, I think we'll, we'll make that the center throne will, and, and you know, Jesus is right above it. And that will be the location uh, where we symbolically put our crowns. I don't think we need to like, you know, have an object. If you have something in your heart, you can. But, um, and I don't even think it's necessary that you know exactly, you know, what specific crown it is that you're putting down. Um, uh, yeah, so if you have something connected to that, maybe, maybe if that brings to mind a crown in your life, um, and it can be a good thing, or it can be a crown like of your, our carnal kingdom, something where like, I'm not ready to let go of this, um, or it can be like a good thing, like Paul said, you guys are my crown. So if you want to testify, like I've been testifying about my crown, Dylan and the rest of the crew, it's like these are like precious jewels in my heart that I want to speak about them. I want to like walk around the school. I'm like, these are the ones who I see are God seekers. Um, but even that, like I can't continuously wear that or think that my own strength or my own ability is going to be able to pour into Dylan and the rest of the crew. I got to just give them to the Lord. So we're going to just open it up, but there are some like helping guidelines, but they don't have to, you don't have to strive to connect. If there's something in your heart to speak, we're just going to make space available with this microphone. So you know how this works. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to hold the mic, and we're not afraid of minutes of silence. It's not awkward, you know. It's, in fact, in heaven with all the activity, John's like, then it went completely silent for 30 minutes. So if it's silent for 30 minutes, selah. But if you have something in your heart, crown or not crown related, So um, Friday morning, I had a dream, and I just thought I would share it because that was cool. Um, and it is not really related-ish, but it could be. Um, I guess you could make it work. Um, so the dream was that John Edward was speaking to a crowd of teens, kids or whatever. John Edward's my husband, for those of you that may not know. <laughs> um, he's in California right now. And so he was speaking, and we were on a beach, um, like a hotel um, was like, you know, how hotels like line the beach or whatever. And um, we were like at the pool area, like so there was like concrete and everything, and there was all these teens there gathered to listen to him, like crowds and crowds. 
and I was there, and Charlie was there as well. And um, he was had been speaking for a while, and it was really powerful. And um, <laughs> you want to talk to him? Um, it was really powerful. And he had gotten into his uh, his car, just appeared like in the middle of the crowd. And um, he had gotten into his car to hear what he from the Lord on what he was to say next. So everyone was just sitting there waiting, listening. Um, or just waiting for him to get out so that we could hear what the Lord was going to say next. And he gets out, and all the kids just start gathering around him to try and take pictures with him and stuff. And while that's happening, things start happening in the sky. Like, I was watching things happen in the sky. And I saw this black cat that was getting electrocuted. And then I saw what looked like a planet that was just, like, spinning, like, so fast. And as I was seeing this happen in the sky, I just started praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord, like, out loud. And because, I, I don't know, just in the moment, I interpreted it as the, that the Lord was defeating the enemy and he was on the move for his people is what I just saw it as in the moment. And so anyways, when we were talking or thinking about our crowns and stuff, I was just imagining like worship, that act of worship um, and just the, the only response I had in the moment was to praise God for what he was doing and the way that he was um, defeating the enemy for us and how he was um protecting us and stuff um so yeah so good gloria and while we're on john edward he is in oakhurst cali outside of fresno close to Morgan's stomping grounds, and he's with his friend that he connected with, Skyler, and he's going to be ministering there. So keep John Edward in your prayers, and, you know, I just think that Gloria's dream speaks directly to his impact out there uh, and more. So, Lord, defeat things in the atmosphere. Speak to the youth Give John Edward clarity. So I, I would say the last, well, let me just say this. I had two people at work um, who passed away, just kind of a pretty grueling way to, to go out, to be honest. Um, the person who is my next superior, superior at work passed away recently and a guy several months ago passed away that I was pretty close with. And, you know, anytime that happens, it just, at least for me, you just kind of see the fragility of life. And, you know, I probably could talk a while about certain things in my life, specifically how I'm just seeing the vanity of life in certain ways. And Solomon talks about that in Ecclesiastes, just kind of like, you know, the pointlessness of valuing things in life that have no value. Um, and so I've been kind of wrestling with that, not in a bad way, but just more like kind of getting real with God. Like, 
where I feel what I'm doing in many ways is pointless. And I don't say that to like be self-deprecating about my job or what I'm doing. I'm just, it's more of a, just a realness with God and how I'm feeling, my emotional state. And a part of it has been, there probably has been some doubt and faithlessness that I've been agreeing with about God getting me to the place where he, where only he can take me and him, him satisfying what he's put in me too. So part of the crown that, and I'm going to share something else just to like, because it greatly encouraged me tonight, something I experienced, but one of the crowns that I want to lay down by the grace of God is any doubt, any shred of doubt that I agree with that somehow that God lacks in his ability to shepherd me and his ability to give me the very best things in life. Because the bottom line is, if I'm believing God's word, it's like I was thinking about this recently. I'm like, why would I do this following Jesus thing unless I believed everything? Like, what's the point of following Jesus, of believing him, if it's just, if I believe things that are convenient to my emotional posture in the moment? So that's a part of what I want to, by the grace of God, lay down um, the best of my ability. But one of the things I want to share before I, I give the mic up is, you know, Travis came up and he was praying over me and he put his hand on me. And, and you know, God has spoken a lot of things to me personally, a lot of promises. Morgan is a, you know, Caroline and Garrett were talking about the bodily manifestation of, of the promise. Um, Morgan is that to me uh, in many ways. But there are also things that I, I have almost forgotten or just like I've allowed the enemy probably to dilute a little bit, which I think we all have. And, and Paul tells Timothy to, to, to recall the things that were spoken over him to fight the good fight of faith. Recall those things. So anyway, so Travis puts his hand on, on my knee and immediately I just start like asking God and saying to God, like, God, I, I just want to go on an adventure. Like I know I was made for something more than what I'm experiencing right now. So I immediately started thinking, because I'm a movie guy, it's something I just, one of my hobbies, one of my interests, um, and so I started thinking about Indiana Jones immediately, and then I started thinking about Captain America immediately, about dressing up as Captain America, then I started thinking about war paint, like the American flag being my war paint, similar to how like Mel Gibson and Braveheart, so I, I literally thought of three people, like three ideas, without him saying a word, without him saying a word. So then he begins praying over me, and I won't go into everything he prayed, but he talked about God sending me from his throne on a journey first. Then he starts saying, I see God bringing to light within you something like Han Solo, Captain America, and William Wallace. So I just say that to say, like, look, if there's any shred of doubt in your mind right now that God speaks, that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can think or imagine. And that's not me speaking. That's the word of God. Cast that crown and say, Lord, I don't know how to like disbelieve. I need you help. I need your help for my unbelief. And if that's a crown that you have, unbelief, and, and that is the problem, I think, if I'm being real, that, that the, the, the disease of people in the church is the disease of, of faithlessness. And you know what? It's okay because you're in a good camp because we all deal with it. So I'm just testifying to my lack of faith, and I'm testifying to God's faithfulness tonight. And I'll tell you what, for the next 20 minutes after we prayed that, I, I was like, I, it was almost like I couldn't 
looked up because I just felt like weeping. Because I felt like God touched me so deeply and was so kind and so generous in reminding me, Michael, I've got this for you. Like, you think you want to go on an adventure? I want to send you on one more than you could ever imagine. And so I appreciate God's kindness and just my handicap of unbelief. So. Hey guys, <laughs> my man, Tommy. Um, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, the Lord is, I'm going to share some different Bible verses that I feel like go along with um, one of the things that I feel like God is doing in me and in my life. Um, So this is 2 Corinthians 2, 3. Um, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not in tablets of stone but in fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Um, I feel like one of the things that God is helping me to let go of is my own self-evaluation and um, ability to make myself competent, capable, righteous, good at all. Um, and especially, I think one of the things that God is asking me to release in that is my own understanding of how things are supposed to be or how things are supposed to work. Um, earlier today, uh, I felt like a prompting. I wasn't sure if it was my own imagination or if it was the Lord leading me to go and look at... Um, chapter three of several different book, several different books in the Bible. And in each of the different books, this was sort of one of the, the big themes that was cropping up is um, releasing our own understanding to God and acknowledging him <laughs> in all of our ways. Um, and I know that just for myself, my flesh clings so tightly onto the things that it thinks that it understands are too my own self-perceived goodness or righteousness or strength or ability at all. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 3, 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in the world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. And I think in particular, like, again, there's this theme of letting go of our own 
knowledge of our own understanding and whatever, but especially there at the end, that last verse, that ye are Christ's and Christ's is God's. <laughs> and that's just like such a joyful word that we are Christ's, and that is the word that Christ declares over us. And that regard, like that, that's his, Christ is the author. He's, his word is final um, over us, over our life, over this present time of like waiting on him, um, that we are his. Um, give me one second. And this one is from Psalm 3.8. Or this is Psalm 3.8. Um, well, 7 and 8. I'm, I'm going to read more than that. I don't know where I'm going to start. I think I'm just going to read all of chapter Psalm 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Salah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. And again, just that the way that it ends is just really poignant and powerful and present um, for me, this idea that salvation belongeth to the Lord and that it is his, like, his blessing is upon his people. Um, that just like the will of God for his people is to bless them. Um, the will of God for his people is to bless them and that um, the salvation is something that belongs to God and that he has the ability to, to, to give it to whoever it pleases him to give it to. Um, and that, again, it isn't something dependent upon us, but completely and totally, utterly dependent upon the work of God and the, the will of God. <laughs> and again, that's just, that's just like such a good word because it's like freeing. Like, like I laid me down and slept and I awake, and then it says, I awaken for the Lord sustained me. Like when we stop, when we stop, when we're still, he is there and he's present and he's already prepared a way for us. We don't have to be trying to do it. We don't have to try to make ourselves um, anything. We, because I, we don't have to try to save ourselves or to fix it. Um, what's up? I want to focus on what Nicholas just said because I think that's right on. Um, and Uncle Tim, if you could think uh, just whatever song would be good. Could you play a song here in just a moment when we do the 
casting of our crowns. Um, <clears throat> I think Nicholas just hit on the main theme. There may be something else that comes in your heart to like lay down uh, before the throne of God. And he's enthroned on the praises of his people. He's in our midst. So while there is an absolute cosmic location where he dwells, he also dwells in the midst of his people and he is the king wherever he goes. So he's on the throne and he's not trapped in physical space, but we're going to say that's the throne uh, of God. Um, yeah, I guess that could be the father, Jesus at his right hand and Holy Spirit, our triune God. And maybe they're all sitting on the throne together. Um, <clears throat> as I listened to Michael, a word came to my mind of uh, just casting the crown of double-mindedness or, or doubt. They, they go together. Um, let not the double-minded person think that they'll receive anything. Um, the, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. So just the crown of doubt crown of double-mindedness and it's our crown it's our head double-mindedness um, that gets in the way and then Nicholas hit on uh, a similar thing a lot of times I think we quench God's spirit because our crown wants to be in control our our mind um, and if we don't understand well, we lean on our understanding rather than um, acknowledging God. So we can lay down the, the crown of our, our crown, our head. And um, as Naomi was sharing, it just, you know, she said a lot of things there, but I, she mentioned the word comfort. And just like thinking about laying down the, the crown of, of comfort um, and anything else. So I, I just, I want to end in that way. I, you have a song, Uncle Tim, so in, in, uh, I'm just going to pray and then Uncle Tim will start the song. And then come as you're led. Um, and if you don't want to come up here, that's fine. You know, this is a not like do it because other people are doing it. It's between you and the Lord. Um, but I do think it was kind of public that those people laid their crowns down. Definitely was publicized in the Bible to some degree. Sure, yeah. So um, Karis is going to put a communion up there as well. And that's why we have access access to the throne. Uh, we can come boldly before the throne of grace because Jesus went before there with his own blood greater than the blood of bulls and calves. And if you need to, you can repeat it or put a, another song on behind it. Father, we um, come underneath your hand right now humbled uh, acknowledging you 
we we recognize that as Nicholas read, salvation belongs to you. And um, we belong to Christ. Christ belongs to God. We we don't even understand that, so we just lay down our understanding. We lay down our own doubt and double-mindedness. We, we lay down the inward comfort of our existence and the external comforts. We, Lord, we just choose. We lay down the crown of ability to lay down our crowns. <laughs> we need your help to lift that heavy crown off our heads. We can't even do it. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But we choose to lay our crowns. Will you accept our crowns tonight? Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, will you be a part of this process? We don't want to just do something in form. We don't want a form of godliness that denies the power. We want to do this with your power. So we commit ourselves into your hand of power. Amen.